On this week's episode, you won't hear Booker T say... Uh, Mission Impossible 2, Thandie Newton, by the way, and Duke Ray Scott as the bad guy. Lots of motorcycles. Whoa, Nelly! You've joined us for another episode of Gone with the Rewind. That's right, we are watching movies that we have not seen in a long time. We're just using our noggins, our memory banks. Were they good? Uh, or are our recollections of these movies that we're recommending to each other, or are they stinkers and we're getting called out on it? Like, I got called out last week on Jingle All The Way by my main man who's across the pond... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, hello, good everybody. This is DJ Booker T. Today, coming from Connecticut, not from upstate New York, as I am uh, about eight hours away from jumping on a plane and flying into Heathrow. Wowzers! They're the man. The man's coming back to his roots. Coming back to visit my boys. Going to spend a week in a caravan in Scotland, um, and then a week in the lakes before I travel back over stateside again. I've never been to Scotland. It's uh, one of the places that I definitely want to go to. You know, uh, do, uh, it's good sort of coastal stuff and all that kind of rural. I don't want to go into like town centres, but you know, you know there's, apparently there's quite a good few train rides up and around the coast and stuff. So, um, well, there's the list. there's great golf courses. There's some good train rides. Obviously, there is a. I believe the Scottish people tell you that um, God created Scotland after he'd finished practicing everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've flown in a couple of times. I've been to Edinburgh a couple of times. Uh, flown into Edinburgh and then got the train down to um, the lakes because there was a, used to be a really good route with Norwegian Air from New York to Edinburgh. Because of course um, you used to, uh, for the listeners that don't know, you used to live in the lakes, not actually in the lake itself. No, I used to live in a town called Kendal, which is just south of Windermere, just north of Lancaster. Yeah, you're not like Excalibur pulling the sword out of the middle of the lake. Uh, no, I have occasionally dressed as a lady when fancy dresses demanded it, but I've okay. never actually lived in a lake. No, okay, good, good to clear that up. Um, good stuff. So you must be pumped about that then, going back to see the boys. I'm, uh, I'm so excited. There's been so much that I've had to do, you know, to get all my ducks in a row, so to speak. I had my COVID test... Um, not yesterday, today is Saturday, so Thursday, you have to have it within 72 hours of your flight, so I had to go yep. and shove that Q-tip as far up as it would go until it met the back of my eyeball, yep. and then got the results four hours later, you have to fill in a passenger locator form for the UK government to be able to find you should there be an outbreak of somebody on your flight, you have to book a day two test and have a record of that, um, and then of course, alongside all that is all your normal travel, so here in Connecticut is about an hour or three, depending on the traffic from JFK, which by the way, little shout out to JFK, perhaps the worst airport in the world. Okay. Um, Interesting. And flying into Heathrow just because of cost purposes rather than Manchester. So then I've land at 6.45 on Sunday morning and then a train up to Manchester, pick up a car, drive to the lakes, sleep for the night and then go and pick the boys up Monday morning. Very good. Very good. Um, and you're over for how long? I will arrive on um, Sunday morning, pick the boys up Monday. And at the moment, my flight was scheduled to be a week on f- the Friday. So I think that's the 27th or something like that. But got notified this morning that they've changed the schedule of that flight. It was due to take off at 1 p.m. They've now moved that to 11 a.m. And my plan had been to come down to London, stay in the travel lodge, which is at London Bridge, and then go to... 
my wife's favourite coffee shop called Monmouth Coffee and pick her up a bag of coffee. Doesn't open till eight in the morning. Right. I would struggle to get coffee and be at the airport in time to take off at 11am. So I'm going to talk to Virgin. I might change my flight from Friday to Saturday. I was going to say, how about I go and get the coffee for you and I meet you at London Bridge and then I hand you the coffee off? Yeah, that could work. That could work. Sadie also said that they will mail it out. I always fear that it won't arrive until after I've left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All um, right. There, Plans there to fr- discuss anyway. Yeah, there is a friend of mine in the lakes who's actually sitting on a range of hair products for Sadie and a bunch of Christmas presents for the boys because we were supposed to come at Christmas and then everything got shut down. And so the boys, their first day, they're having a Christmas um, when I arrive. So <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Christmas Christmas in August is fantastic, right? Very good, very good. Um, just to recap where we are now on episode... Five uh, for if you're joining us for the first time. Like I said in that intro bit, we decided to re-watch movies that we haven't seen for five, if not longer, five, ten years and say to each other, I remember this film being really good. Let's watch it. As long as you haven't also seen it let's, or hadn't seen it for that amount of time, let's watch it and then, you know, give it our now honest present day thoughts. And just to recap to where we started, you hit the ground running uh, by recommending Mystery Men and I think we both pretty much enjoyed that movie so good recollection there i came in with stir of echoes remember that being good booker t also remembered it being good and his like of it maintained mine dipped then what happened after that one you went to did we go to the island after that oh yes how can we forget that you went to the island and famously said uh why watch raiders of the last ark when you can watch the island it was at that point i considered quitting the podcast <laughs> i don't uh... know if i said that you might be misquoting me um and then i came but this is when you started thinking about quitting the podcast when i recommended jingle all the way an arnie romp comedy um light on comedy maybe and light on romp as well although full of arnie you gave that 0.5 out of 13 because we rate out of 13 here on this show baker's dozen and um important to note why i gave it half a point okay can you remember because you are uh, you said this is a festering turd of a movie i'm only given oh yes because he punched a reindeer <laughs> he punched out a reindeer because he hates reindeers Facts. the best punching out of a reindeer you'll ever see in any christmas yeah, movie yeah. And so now here we are where you are now recommending for this week which we'll get onto in a bit uh the gift which is a movie that i had never seen and you had seen for not for quite a long time was it yep over over six or seven years maybe okay even fine more and we'll find out what we both think of that. Me first time up, Booker T, maybe second time up uh, a bit later on. But I do want to actually uh, quiz you on a very... I love quizzing Booker T, but I'm going to give you a quick quiz here, and I'm going to need your first first thought that comes to mind. I'm going to give you twin movies. So this is a, a year, a calendar year, where two movies came out which were almost identical in scope. It's almost like they copied each other's plans or they stole the blueprints. So... I've often, yeah, let me just interrupt you. There. I've often wondered if, if like somebody sends a script to a studio, they pass, it goes to another studio, and then they both make the same movie because there's been a mm. lot of that over the years. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get, I've got a list here, but I'm only going to, uh, I'm not going through the whole list. I'm just going to pick up some choice ones. So I'm going to start in 1986, and this is a movie about aircraft or two movies, and it is Top Gun or Iron Eagle. You've got to make a pick. Uh, Top Gun. Of course, that's one of your favourites. Now, I, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but Iron Eagle, that's Louis Gossett Jr., I believe. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's Louis Gossett Jr. and a young kid. I don't think it's Broderick, right. but it's somebody of that ilk. 
Worth a go? Somebody gets shot down behind enemy lines. Very good soundtrack. Queen's One Vision is in there. Okay. Very, very worth a watch for an 80s okay. movie. So I think Top Gun, they're flying kind of modified F-14 Tomcats. And I think in Iron Eagle, they're F-15s or F-16s. Anyway, I'm not an aviation specialist. I'm moving on to the next one. Uh, let's go to 1989. It's a movie about a guy and a dog. Or two movies about a guy uh, and a dog. So you'd be going with Turner and Hooch and K-9. I am going with Turner and Hooch and K-9. Make your pick. Uh, Turner and Hooch. Okay. Don't Turner and Hooch is Hanks and K-9, I think, is our man we mentioned last Belushi. week, James Belushi. Yeah, never seen that one. Um, okay, let's go for another one. Uh, I know which one you're going to pick, but I'm going to say them anyway. 1991 it is a couple of Americans trying to do English accents. Gotcha. I know what you're going with. You're going with <laughs> Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Or Patrick Bergen in yep. what was just called Robin Hood, I think. You got it. You got it. I don't think I've ever seen that second I've one. I've never seen it, so I have to go with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And of by the way, there's a director's cut of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which makes it a completely different movie. Do not watch the director's cut. Okay, interesting, right. Uh, 1993, it's another Kevin Costner. Uh, it's set in the Old West. Uh... Well, no, it's, it's not too much Old West, but it's set in the West. Oh, yes, it was the year that they came out with Tombstone with Kurt yep. Russell yep. Um, and um, Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday. Or Correct. you go with the Kevin Costner like four-hour movie called yep. Wyatt Earp. That is a stinker. With Costner as Wyatt Earp, and I think Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday. Yes, correct. correct I'm yep. going all the way with Tombstone, one of my favourite westerns. Yep, yep. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm going to go now to 1995, and this is an Australian playing a Scotsman and a Irishman playing a Scotsman, I think. So this would either be um, Mel Gibson in um, Braveheart. Correct. Or is it... Uh, Liam Neeson as Rob Roy. It is. Well done, Booker T. Ding, ding. Yeah. Top form today. What are you picking? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with... Um, I've never seen Rob Roy. Braveheart. Rob Roy's quite good. It has um, it has the guy from Reservoir Dogs, Tim... Mm, Roth. Tim Roth as the yeah. baddie. And right. Jessica Lange as, um, as Liam Neeson's love interest. And okay. it's just a bit too dark. Right. Okay. Now I know uh, a lot of people have issue with Braveheart and it not being historically correct. Yeah, but Americans a good action movie, no? To paint a new picture, but it's it's a good movie. It's a good popcorn movie. Okay, next up, I'm coming to 1997. Uh, there's some kind of eruptions going on here. Uh, it's 97. Are we talking like eruptions as in volcanoes? Maybe. So is it Dante's Peak? Dante's Peak is one of them. With Pierce Brosnan. And I can't think of what the other one... Is it Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones? It is Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. Ding, ding. Booker on fire. Pick one. Neither of them. <laughs> okay. I would, rather watch, I would rather watch Joe versus a Volcano. Thank okay. you very much. I, think that's all, that's, I haven't seen that for a long time. That might make the list for our rewatches. Um, 1990... I like this segment. I was going to say it's running long, but I like it, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, 1998. Uh, both animated movies about... Um, oh, it's got to be Ants and Bug Story. There you go. That's Bugs all. Life. No, not Bugs Life. Yes, Bugs very life. well done, Booker. That's the least amount of clues ever uh, so far. Well, what are you picking? I can't pick either one because it's so long since I've seen right. them. Uh, so I'll have to go with uh, Ants, I guess. I think because yeah. Stallone's in it, maybe. Stallone's in it. He's very funny in it. Woody Allen. Oh, I like Woody Allen movies. Uh, he plays the lead guy. Um, so yeah, yeah, very good. And I think Christopher Walken's in that as well. 
Um, uh, yeah, the only scene I remember is the ants dropping things at the end, flying ants right. dropping things in the in the battle at the end. I don't really remember. Yeah, it maybe. That well. um, no, it was staying in 1998. This was a hotbed for um, copying people. Uh, let's go with it's the end of the world. Uh, Armageddon or Deep Impact? There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Uh, what are you picking? I know what it's you're It's almost picking, like so. my specialist subject is two yeah. movies in the same year. Uh, yeah. I've got to go with Armageddon. I have to. Have. Deep Impact, a bit too sad. Uh, scene with the woman on the beach waiting for the waves to crush her to death. Um, yeah. Armageddon, you know, great great, stu- great song as well. Uh, don't want to yeah. miss a thing. Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, staying in 1998 again. I don't know if wow. these... I mean, well, no, this is a very tenuous one because they're not really about the same thing. They are just both movie set dramas. Uh, Prestige dramas in World War Two, so it's a tenuous. Is link. it ninety? Wo- Saving Private Ryan is one. Yes, and it's a it's a war movie um, from nineteen ninety. I don't know what the other one would. be. I haven't seen it. It's long. It's the Thin Red Line. Oh, I watched it. I, it, it was uh, Terence Malick. It's up, it's up there think, with Jingle All the Way. <laughs> okay, so you're picking Saving Private Ryan. Um, I'm staying in nineteen ninety eight again. What was wow. happening in nineteen ninety eight? This is both movies about reality TV. Shortage of scripts. Yeah. Uh, so, Ed TV. Yes, very good. The Truman Show. Very good. What are you picking? You tell me what I'm going to pick. I've never seen Ed TV, so I'm saying you're going Truman Show. I'm going Ed TV likewise. because you actually oh. recommended it to me. Did I really? Yes. Never seen it. Yes, you said you should watch Ed TV, and I remember watching it at um, Elmcroft Close. Okay, was it? Is it good? It's great. It's fantastic. It's completely different to the Truman Show. And Very, I do like... Uh, it's McConaughey, isn't it? It's McConaughey and Halson. And if you want a story with a, a good moral centre, watch that. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, might do on, might do that. Um, I'm going to keep going because I like this segment. Or should I save some for next week? No, keep going. All right. Okay. Uh, 1999. Both are caper movies. Caper. Um, uh, Ocean's Eleven. No, um, it's a male thief uh, entangled. Oh, is with, it uh, Sean Connery a, as a sixty-year-old uh, Pink Panther? What was there that you called? Go. Yeah, with, there you go. At Catherine Zeta-Jones. There you go. What's that called? I can't remember. Entrapment. Entrapment. And the other and one is a George remake. Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. No, oh, that's a good movie actually. Um, uh, out of sight, but no, yeah. this is uh, it's a remake of a I want to say sixties movie. Maybe early 70s. Oh, yes. Pierce Brosnan. Yes. And Rene Russo. Yes. The Thomas Crown Affair. There you go. Pick one. Um, the Thomas Crown Affair. Because I just can't get to grips with Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones. He was like 70. She was like 12 or something in that film. Okay. All right. Two, uh, 19. Well, no, this is twin films, but they, they were a year apart. So uh, I'm going to include Ooh, it anyway. Chief is getting all tenuous here. I'm going to I'm going to include it anyway. Fiction, science fiction movies with the theme of humanoid robots seeking to experience emotion and be human. Uh, AI. Yep. And <laughs> this one I love because it has a story within a story. If I'm right, Bicentennial Man. <laughs> it is Bicentennial Man. Robin Williams. I have not seen either. I'll tell you the story within a story. Surprises Chief used me. to work at Blockbuster Video. Correct. And he was famous for a couple of things. One was putting the strips that they used to put on the Blockbuster videos and sticking them to the bottom of your shoes. So when you <laughs> walked out of Blockbuster Video, all the alarms went off. Um, and the other one was he used to misquote film titles when he was handing them out. Okay. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah, he did, did at Blockbuster. They'd come yeah, up to the that. counter, they'd give you a box, you'd look at it and you'd say, Thomas Crown Affair? And they'd go, yes, and then you'd give them the film. 
Yeah. And Bicentennial Man was one of those where you used to say to people, Bisexual Man. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Uh, it's kiddie humour, but it was fantastic at the time. You had to yeah. be in the shop because the person would be like, I beg your pardon? And then you'd say, then you'd say Bicentennial Man. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> play with them a little bit. Yeah, that was yeah. good fun, actually. Really loved that. Um, what are you picking? <laughs> bisexual man uh, I didn't really like either of them AI is Haley Joel Osmond and Jude Law but it was a Spielberg film right yeah 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 I'm surprised I haven't seen it because I do Bicentennial like Spielberg. Man was Robin Williams yes yeah. I think I'll go with Bicentennial Man just okay. in, in honour of Robin Williams okay yeah R.I.P um, 2000 both set on Mars uh, Red Planet and Mars yeah Red Planet yes Ghosts of Mars no, that's a good. That's a John Carpenter movie. That's good. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. Don't know Mission to Mars. Now, Red, Red Planet, Planet. Red is... Planet was Val Kilmer, right? Correct. Mission to Mars. I think is uh, what's the, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Gary Sinise? Gary Sinise. Sinise is that him? I think that's that one. Um, what are you picking? So you're picking Red Planet. You I'll, I'll go with Kilmer. And I'm scrolling down the list. Um, I think that's probably going to do it. So it looked like the 90s were a high time for industrial theft. It seems as though there was a shortage of scripts. <laughs> oh, I'm coming, actually, I'm jumping up here to 2006, or no, 2006 is the correct pronunciation. Actually, that's a quick one for you. Um, side story here. What year were you born? 1969. 1969. Um, what was the year when it was 2-0-0-2? 2002 no 2002 why are you changing the way you uh so it's it's we have a thing where 1984 we split it into two numbers 19 and 84 but 2002 should be 2002 by the well, same if you were born in 1980 you said you were born in 1980 not 1980 no but you didn't say you were born in the year 1980 is my point I might start saying that <laughs> okay yeah I was do born it in the year of our lord 1969 yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, you stick to one or the other. I'm more than happy for you to do that, um, but I'm saying one or the other. Yeah, but Chief has go. a problem with the way that some people speak. Don't ever tell him. When you when he meets you in the street and he asks you where you've been shopping, don't ever say you've been to Tesco's because he will ask, oh, I see, you've been to multiple Tesco yeah, stores. you've been to more than you? one then, have you? No, you've been to Tesco. Because it's Tesco's. not as does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Important note. All uh, right, I'm keeping going here. Um okay. 2000, no, I'm doing my own thing. 2006, both films yeah, are about... Yeah, Chief nearly about, fell into his own trap. I love both it. Both films are about 19th century magicians. Yes, The Prestige. Yep. And uh, the other one was with... Um, underrated, this Norton. second one. Yeah, it was Norton. And, yeah, and, Norton. and, and what's-her-name gets really... Uh, Scarlett Johansson gets slated in uh, in one of them. David Bowie's in there as um, Tesla. Is he? In um, the Hugh Jackman one, the prestigious Jackman okay. and uh, Christian Bale. It is, yeah. Yep. And then and it's Norton is in... I can't remember. What, the Illusionist. Uh, the Illusionist. I think I've seen it once, and I remember thinking, this is actually better than The Prestige, but The Prestige, once you know the twist... I don't know, I've only seen it once, but I don't know. Well, anyway, what are you picking? Uh, well, I did like The Prestige, again, although it had a bit of a dark ending, I don't really necessarily like what happened to Jackman's character you rooting for him throughout and then he turned into a bit of an evil person um, yeah. spoiler so I think just because I've only seen it the once we might have to add that to the list you know the illusionist oh. I think Okay. I right. seem to remember liking it when it came out but I don't really remember the story I can remember clearly the twists and the story of Jackman yep okay uh, that's it that is the end of that segment we'll come up with a name for it uh, because there's probably a few more on the list although I've gone through all the good ones 
But uh, right about now, I am really hungry, so let's have some snacks. Right, let me take a picture. You tell me what you got while I take a picture of my one. Okay, I'll send you a picture of mine. I took the pictures earlier. Very important that uh, I include a picture of the front and the back because I think this is one of the best marketing packages I've ever seen. I okay. have uh, protein chips called Wild with an E. Yes. Uh, they are 10 grams of protein and they are made from chicken breast. They are Himalayan pink salt and chicken. The description is crispy chips made, chips by the way is crisps, crispy chips made from 100% natural chicken breast and tapioca starch. Important okay. to note the chickens are raised without antibiotics, so I don't know what happens if they get an infection. Now, the uh, quick interjection here I actually, where I, in my new job, there's a, in kind of, trendy central london or eastish london well no it's shoreditch there's a load of street food markets and what i went to last week they were cooking these things called uh yummies or be yummies and it's basically um a flatbread that's all your fillings go in it folds over so it's kind of like a cornish pasty or what's like that pizza thing that folds over in two that's a calzone um, calzone yeah it's kind of like one of them but they are made using tapioca flour and it was very tasty. And I see this one, as you mentioned, this is tapioca starch. So we're on the tapioca bandwagon. Maybe it's, maybe it's the new trendy superfood. Uh, apologies for sidetracking. Please go on. On the back of the bag, it says neuro, zero grams of sugar, yep. uh, 10 grams of protein, and yep. grain-free. Well, what's wrong and with grain? this is the bit I really like. It says, dear potato chips, go cluck yourself. Wild <laughs> is the story of an impossible snack made possible through relentless innovation and never taking no for an answer. We ditched the potato and redefined the chip using 100% all-natural chicken breast. The result is a crispy surprise for your taste buds that's so good we deserve to be a little cocky. This is amazing. This is a potato chip or crisp made out of chicken and tapioca. I mean, I'm intrigued by this. So my first feedback is the bag is almost impossible to open. Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> but we're in. Um, I'm going to eat one, then I'm going to take a picture of one. Yeah. Um, they look like, what they actually look like is vegetable chips. You know vegetable right, chips okay. look ever so slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. different to yep. potato chips. Um, very tasty. Okay. Definitely taste of chicken more than they taste of Himalayan pink salt. Right. Okay. They look like a bit of a warped Pringle. Um, and I would say, potentially, a good replacement for a potato chip. I do quite like a lot of potato chips. And if these are more healthy for me, okay, well, I didn't buy it. them, so I don't know how much they cost. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go with a nice solid 8 out of 10. That's good. Take that. Take yeah. that every day of the week. Um Chief Dog, I've realised I took a picture and I was about to send it to you and it's the most ridiculous um, picture I'm going to send because Booker T knows what this is. It's like, if I mention it to him, it's like, oh yeah, he's not going to need a picture to see what it is, but I'm sending it to him anyway. So, the story behind this, the story behind this is... (laughs) I don't know what that is. What is that? The story behind this is, I was caught short without a snack because my usual go-to is the world food aisle or the uh the international food shop where i can get all my uh jesky plushklers or whatever they are um and i had one of these for a cake that i made for the missus birthday i made a bear hunt cake with the kid 
and we needed some of these for trees. That's a little clue. Have your brain ticking over, listeners, about what could he, what could you use? What candy snack could you use for trees? Now, in I met Booker T in Farnborough College of Technology circa 1997 or 1997. And um, we would frequent the student union bar. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually were entertainment's manager for the bar at one point after I was graduating. The entertainment's and promotions manager for the student yeah. union for about four years. Okay, there you go. So anyway, when they knocked down the old one, which I think was before the year before you joined, possibly... Um, they uh, built a new one uh, on the campus, on the teaching campus, not where the accommodation was. And it was a real nice swanky building. And I used to saunter in there over lunchtime, play the fruit machines. Booker T was there with um, the Stooge. We were playing the fruities. And I would go to the bar and for 50p, I could get a pint of blackcurrant cordial and one of these bars and it is a curly whirly. Uh, not only that, but we wouldn't just play the fruit machine. We'd also play the uh, the old Dave Edmonds inspired pop uh, big break. Oh, the quiz, quiz machine. machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have got a curly whirly, which is. Do you get these in the states? Uh, we do not. And it, I have to say, it's the first time you've actually been able to pronounce the snack that you're eating. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me take a picture. So a curly whirly is basically is there a description on the packet that tells you what it is milk chocolate with caramel center i mean that doesn't tell you much so i'll take a picture but it's basically a kind of chewy caramel unless you put it in the fridge and it goes rock hard uh, coated in chocolate like it like it says so uh, i'll take a quick picture before it all melts because i'm in the loft it's super hot and it looks kind of like it looks a bit like a ladder Two sides with bars in the middle. Oh my goodness. That is taking me back to 1997. It does look like a ladder. I will agree. That's a very good description. And then when you obviously pull it apart, it can look like a twig or a tree. Oh, it's so chewy. Apologies, listeners. You don't want to hear me chewing this. But um, I'm giving that 9 out of 10. Wow. Um, Okay. Listen, we are... Oh, I'm going to take this out. It's killing me. (laughs) That's bad. Um, we're going to be talking about the gift, so um, stay with us. Um, join us after this short break when we'll come back for some discussion about this movie. You're listening to Gone with the Rewind with Chief and Brett. Right. Okay. So uh, I assume you did watch the gift in that short in that short thirty second break. I did. Okay. Good man. Uh, now then. Now then. Uh, I had never seen this movie before. Here's my opening gambit. Um, Can I just intercede a little bit with the with the uh, synopsis? A fortune teller with extra sensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, that helps. I put that caramel back in my mouth, and it's still so chewy. <laughs> oh my goodness! Right, that was second-hand um, caramel. It came out right and went back in. Oh, it's gone back in. Right. In a small southern town. In the quiet heart of Hatcher County. It's about this time last year his daddy passed away. He's still real messed up over it. There are no strangers. You're not that Wilson is a fortune teller, are you? I don't call myself that. You think we'll live happily ever after? There are no secrets. What's mad? You see something bad? 
only thing more unusual than a disappearance. We got to the end of the road in our investigation. We looked under every rock there's to look under. Is there anything you can tell us at all? Is that the only witness wasn't even there. I could read for you. This movie, interesting note, this movie was written by Billy Bob Thornton. I have that as a note too, and it was directed by? Sam Raimi. Yeah. It looks like a B-movie, and it feels like a B-movie, and it feels like a TV special. It does not feel like a feature film. You said I could never rate a movie as 0.5 after you watched Jingle All The Way. This is going to get close to that. Wow. Um, Well, we'll get into that. Let me just interrupt you there and say that the good thing for the people who are listening in, these millions of people who tune in every week to hear this yes. podcast, what you what's great is that at some point the planets will align and Chief and I will agree. <laughs> but this is yet again another week where that is not going to happen. Oh, uh, you cannot tell me this was a good movie. Anyway, we'll get into why. Okay, all right. Um, so here is my first question about the gift. Now. It's good to know, if you're really invested in a movie, I like to think it's good to engage with the characters and, you know, get to know them a little bit and all that kind of jazz. Now, this has a really good cast. You've got Kate Blanchett, Gianni Ravisi, Keanu Reeves, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, Hilary Swank. You've got my man, uh, what's his name, J.K. Simmons. Now, I want you to, this is a gauge of how good the movie is, I want you to name their characters. What is Kate Blanchett's character called? Uh, Millie. Nope, Annie. What is Giovanni Rabisi's character called? Um, Blue Diamond. Nope, Buddy. What is Keanu Reeves' character called? Oh, he is... They, he's one of the characters where they pronounce both of his names at the same time. So he's not just called Millie or Johnny. He's called... Stay away from... Ed Gein. <laughs> it's Donnie Barksdale. Donnie Barksdale. I could have told you this if you'd asked me after I watched it. Uh, I've had a lot of things going on since then. Okay, all right. Katie Holmes. Uh, Katie Slutbiscuit. Uh, Jessica King. Greg Kinnear. He's a teacher, so he's called Mr. Kinnear. <laughs> I wish. Wayne Collins. Uh, Hilary Swank. Uh, she is Mrs. Barksdale. <laughs> she is, yes. First name. He doesn't know it's Valerie. And uh, what's the uh, sheriff? J.K. Simmons is called yeah. uh, Chief. He's called Sheriff Pearl Johnson. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. This movie's so dull that you just do not remember any of the characters. Um, stop okay, me from so, let me, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Time good. out. Time yeah. out. What is Phil Hartman's character in Jingle All the Way? Ted, someone. Oh, okay, all right. Maybe you proved <laughs> me wrong there. Um, listen, yeah, I, I struggled with this because it's so slow and boring. No? Nope, not at all. Okay. Not at all. And I saw um, a quote. I saw a quote on a movie poster from someone that said, "This is the scariest movie since Sixth Sense." Since Sixth Sense. Now, first of all, Sixth Sense ain't scary, and number two, this movie ain't scary. It's not a horror. Uh, well, it depends what you call a horror. I mean, you, if you're talking Day of the Dead and zombies, no, it's not a horror. It's it's a it's along the lines of Paranormal Activity. It's along the lines of Stir of Echoes. Um, it's a little bit along the line of Sixth Sense, so it's psychologically disturbing. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, there's a scene where the there's a dead girl floating in a tree. Oh, and by the yeah. way, who's that guy? There's a guy playing a fiddle. 
What's the who's Fiddler? that guy? Who's that guy in the courthouse who does? He's been in a lot of things as well, right? Oh yeah, he's normally in comedy stuff. He's in uh, he's in a real good comedy called um, what's the one with Jason Bateman? Um, Bad bosses, horrible no, bosses. No, it's a series. It's a series. Um, uh, can't think what it's called. Is it Parks and Recreation? No, it's it's called. It, they brought they finished. They brought it back on Netflix or something to finish it. Oh, or okay, we'll find it. Um, uh, that's annoying me. But I know the guy you mean. He's 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 in that. Um, but he's a, he's a good comedy actor normally. Yeah. So uh, I only wrote down two bad things about the film. Right. So really, this is going to be Chiefs podcast to just rip this film to shreds like I did with Jingle All the Way. No, that's um, fine. At the beginning of the movie, I, I you know, I don't know who was in charge of makeup, but I don't think there's been a worse black eye than Hilary Swank's black eye yeah, that she and has. And it went down to. very quickly. But it was it was perfectly cylindrical. I've seen some yeah. black eyes in my time. They tend to be sort of spread and not so cylindrical. This was just like as if they'd cut a hole out of a piece of card and then sprayed it. It was so round, it didn't even make sense. Right. Um, and the other thing was that the line of questioning in the trial, so um, Kate Blanchett goes on trial, the line of questioning didn't make any sense at all. Uh, no. And I don't know why the um, prosecution didn't pick up on that. It was just there to fluff out the movie. Other than that, people watch this film. It is incredible. <laughs> I, know he's, you, I know he's pulling you, my chain. You will never see a better supporting actor performance from a 2000 movie than the one of Giovanni Ribisi. He reminds you why he was such a great up-and-coming actor. He just pulls it off fantastic. Okay. As his character now, that I remember was called Buddy. Now, yes, yes. Now, no word of a lie. I've written down how bad is Giovanni Ribisi in this movie. <laughs> I've no word of a lie. I cannot understand what he's saying um, is what I've written down. Just, I just, no. I, lo- I laughed. The missus came in at one point when they were hauling the body out of the lake. Spoilers. And all the civilians are around and her dad starts having a heart attack. She's, she's in the room about three or four minutes. She starts laughing. She's like, this is a comedy, right? Um, she said, this is so bad. The acting's so bad. This must be a comedy. And I don't agree with her on pretty much anything, but I was kind of on the same lines there. I was this, I, I don't know. I just really struggled with it. When, also, when is it set? It feels like it's kind of supposed to be set in the late 70s, early 80s, just by the way. But I think it's actually modern day. Um, uh, my response to that is, you know, your missus has questionable tastes. We know that. Look at who she married. <laughs> we can't, she, she thinks that's a comedy too. Um, yes, the scene where the body's being pulled out and the guy runs down and has a heart attack. And, and I was like, I'm not sure. Don't you normally like tape off a crime scene? They wouldn't. That's what she said. She said to? they wouldn't haul up the body with civilians around. But I mean, I guess they needed to get it moving because it was so slow up to that point. Um, um, again, people watch this movie. It's fantastic. Don't let Chief put you off. <laughs> the um, one who the one piano who, so, reeves what yes. a bad guy he plays fantastic ah, nasty ah, redneck ah now this is where i got mistaken because when you'd said the gift and i was like oh yeah keanu reeves with a beard i thought this was a completely different movie because i think there was a movie around the same time with keanu reeves in a beard possibly called the stranger or something like that and that's the movie that i thought this movie was and then when it got into it, and as the plot developed, I was like, oh, no, that's, that's not the movie I was thought I was going to be watching. I was watching this. But um, there, it's Sam Raimi brings up all the kind of tropes of slow motion water drips and looking at the watch as the, as the 
the hand dials around real quick and you know the washing line creepily blowing as she sees her dead grandmother and all this kind of standardized horror movie tropes and it just felt i think he was i think it's an in joke i think sam raimi's taking the piss and it's a it's like a b movie in joke this film i honestly do i don't think it's a serious real movie um i can only assume that chief has been on the yellow tail and sprite <laughs> concoction when he watched this film the movie I'm you're talking the... about with keanu reeves is called the watcher by the way it did come out that's the watcher that's yeah. the one yeah i haven't seen that either but um i'm on the blue moon belgian white beer if you like intelligent movies that aren't like star wars where they have to explain everything to you because they think you're stupid you'll like this film it leaves you to draw your own conclusions um and there's enough explanation going on it tells you why um she has her gift um, it tells you why she can do the things she does and it makes a good twist of not knowing exactly who was responsible um, however there is I've got uh, two counterpoints here number one uh, in I did a rewatch of Star Wars for the audio experience out of time this is going to be dropping next week go check that out and in that movie we uh, as we're watching it we explain or we exclaim that nothing is explained she's putting a data card into R2 what's on this what's this Death Star who's Jabba the Hutt nothing's explained so you've got to work it out yourself but back to this one uh, she's the one who should be locked up in the insane asylum because she is actually crazy and seeing things that don't exist so she is actually mentally unbalanced. Now you're now you're talking from your personal beliefs into whether or not there is anything out there. No, because at the end, when she sees Buddy come and bash Greg Kinnear's head in, and she explains that, the, the cop says, oh no, he's committed suicide, he's dead up at the prison. So she uh, just fantasised all that <laughs> happening, and she was the one who clocked Greg Kinnear over the head. Uh, Chief should have entered the word spoiler alert there. <laughs> Um, it doesn't need explanation she sees things and she's connected to the spirit world and the spirit world has come back to help her out very simple okay i disagree i think she's just a bit crazy Um, yeah you disagree but you know you watch films where they fly through the universe and uh, in one film jabba the hutt is a man in the next film he's a beast so you know whatever you whatever floats your boat well uh this yeah this oh i mean if you want, I'm list, I'm looking at it, it's listed as a drama fantasy horror. I didn't, I wasn't scared or didn't feel anxious or nervous or suspense at any point during this movie. I'd say, yes, it is a drama. I think they got that bit right. And Greg Kinnear is good in it. I do like Greg Kinnear as an actor. I think he was, he was good in it. And I do like Kate, you know, Kate Blanchett. Um, and she was good up to a point when, until the silliness started, but it's it it just you know i don't want to beat the beat the hammer too much but it just did feel like a tv special something you'd find on the sci-fi channel or something like that um so it will be interesting to see where we go with the scores let me i haven't have i got them written down i might have to go back and listen to the uh, old podcast last week's podcast to see what we rated it i think i gave I, it a nine i know you went you said i'll go with the tried and tested eight and you'd never done an eight before so <laughs> So you might have gone nine. What are you coming in with now, sir? I'm coming in with an 11. 11 out of 13? Are you 11 at, is out this of 13. A, People, listen to me. If is you have seen this film... Is this a is this a bit? Are you actually, you know, behind closed doors, there's people around you laughing nope. as you try and wind I've watched up? this movie with my wife 
and she said afterwards, still as good as it was the first time round. You're a um, nutty couple of people. Nutty couple of people. Listen, watch it. Give us your opinions. Um, Chief doesn't gave... like it, uh, and that's okay. That's yeah. okay, people. Chief yeah. liked Jingle all the way. Remember yeah. that. Uh, well, I think I yeah yeah. Uh, you gave Sturbeckos eleven, and then you downgraded it to a ten. This one you gave a nine. You upgraded to eleven. Chief gave this. I'll have to look back. I can't remember what I gave it. But I need to, uh, Chief doesn't rate in a vacuum. I have to compare it to other stuff. So let me just have a look. I gave Stir of Echoes a five. I gave The Island four. I would much rather watch The Island rather than this. And The Island was turd. So this is coming in with a three. What was your rewatch score for Jingle? That's a good point. Uh, that is a good point. Oh, here it is. Uh, you were uh, 4.5 for me. Mm. I'll watch so- Jingle all the way. Uh, a million times before I watch this again. Wow, that is a statement and a half right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I want to watch it a million times, but if push came to shove, I might, I might push you to shove you to force you to do that. <laughs> See what happens to you. Um, listen, now it's my turn to try and uh, recommend something that I like for you to watch next week. Now there was a hangover from last week, and that was not me off the yellow tail or the movie. The hangover was. Uh, a movie that you didn't pick and so that is still on the slate for this week only if you don't pick it it goes off the slate that is The Departed from 2006 and the new one that is coming into the mix is uh, Best in Show from 20 again 2000 same as The Gift and familiar with that movie? No uh, so Departed familiar with that good film liked it a couple of uh, things about the plot I didn't like but that's nothing to do with the film Um, Best in Show never seen it uh, I know it's the Spinal Tap people and Eugene Levy and people like that. So I think I'm going to plump for that purely and simply to offer you a shot at redemption. Okay. At making me watch a movie that you like, but I've mm. never seen. It okay, can't no, be any worse than Jingle All The Way. I have seen this about two or three times, but not at least for 10 years. And you haven't seen it. And this is the, the synopsis is a behind the scenes look into the highly competitive and cutthroat world of dog shows through the eyes of a group of ruthless dog owners. It's a mockumentary and you know if you're familiar with the spinal tap and a mighty wind and the the other one the other kind of mockumentaries in that style this is this is this could be for you hopefully you like it i am looking at one of the images on the trailer and i'm already starting to internally crack up i cannot wait to dig into this one so that is on the slate for next week people go and watch best in show from 2000 if you want to enjoy our chat even more than you currently do but right now, I want to have a, a movie myth uh, discombobulated. I want a movie misconception, and I think you know a guy who can help us out. I have. I've spoken to uh, my son, Jack, who was the one who brought up this segment. I practiced a few times saying in a really good like movie voice. I remember Chief used to do it when we lived in... Uh in Frimley Green, you would do that in a land of time, before time, there was a man who wasn't a man, you know, you used to do that voice yeah. and I think you're probably better versed at doing just a two word intro, which is just a nice movie voice saying movie misconceptions, and then well, I'll, I'll hit you go. with this week's one. I'll give it a go, uh, I might edit all this out and then record a polished one but we'll see what happens Movie misconceptions So straight in from Jack Booker he's gone with my favourite movie of all time he's gone with Jaws and his misconception is that a lot of people believe that in the uh, scene where Roy Scheider walks backwards into the wheelhouse of the boat, he says, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. 
And actually, he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. Right, to quit. Not we. Slower ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chump some of this shit. Okay, that is, uh, well, uh, Jaws, I would say Jaws is, it's a tough one for me. It rotates in the number four spot of my favourite movie ever alongside Ghostbusters, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Rocky. Any one of, whichever one I watch at the time will slot into number four. So highly rated movie for me, you know, incredible, 13 out of 13. I could watch that every day of my life forever. And I, even though I've watched that, as you have probably a hundred times, I was fooled. I did think it was, we're going to need a bigger boat. So... Um, snap on the wrist for Chief. Well done, Jack. Uh, agree with your synopsis, but just a little question on your four. Does that mean they're your top four? Or no, no, no. I, they're all I, vying I have, for fourth place? Yeah, I have Star Wars episodes four, five, and six as one, two, and three. <laughs> uh, and then the fourth spot, although I could lump those into just number one on its own, but if I have them as one, two, and three, then number four will be either Ghostbusters, Jaws, Rocky, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, whichever one I watch on that day will go into number four spot until gotcha. I watch one of the others. So that is, that's my revolving number four spot. Yeah, Jaws is number one for me, and I, I couldn't even begin to think about what through two to ten would be. <laughs> well, five to... Oh, what, for you? Two to ten, right, okay. You, do, you know, I was discussing this with my man, uh, Ben Flying Retro, and we kind of knocked it about that when we watched... He watched 250 movies last year, I watched 200, and we watched a lot of guff, and... Generally, when you're sticking on a movie that maybe you haven't seen before, whatever, there's a good chance it might not be a cup of tea. And we postulated that you could probably make a list of 20 to 30 movies that are the only movies, to you as an individual, not everyone would have the same list, but you could probably make a list of 20 to 30 movies that are the only movies you would ever need to watch again for the rest of your life. Oh, wow. Um, you know, before you even started saying that, as I was sort of mulling over what I just said about having a top 10, yeah. I just started randomly pulling movies and I thought <laughs> I could probably come up with a top 20 much right. easier. Okay. Uh, and again, you know, it's a bit like the, the gift and jingle all the way. Are good examples. I think a lot of it, personal choice is it's rewatchability and you know yes. that to other people it stinks and it sucks, yep. you know, but to you, it means something more and there's something in it. Like one I always think about when I think about um, how much it sucks to other people. There's a couple of films. The Last Dragon is one. Right. A lot of people haven't seen that. It's a, a, a movie that the soundtrack was done by Barry Gordy and it has a guy in it called Ty Mac and right. he plays a character called Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is uh, Kurt Russell, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, incredible. That's in my top 20. So. Right, that's in a top 20, but it wouldn't make your top 10. But it's one of those movies that if you showed that to, I think if I probably showed that to my kids now, they'd be like, what is going they, on with this guy that get inflates it. and then blows up? Yeah, they wouldn't get it. Or your missus, you, you know, I, my missus wouldn't get it. But um, yeah, that is very much of the time. If you watch that in that nostalgic period, you know, either when it came out or five years within when it came out, that holds a, you know, there's definitely a group of movies that, that hold that soft spot for people, whereas to modern day audiences, it's just, what is this junk? Uh, that's yeah. fine though, Pe people can like what they like, and you are much more tolerant than me for movies. I'm overly critical, some might say, I say I'm correct, but you like a, a wider breadth of movie and you're more forgiving, and, uh, you know, maybe that's the way it should be. But, you know, I... I 
I think there's, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's You take what you want, don't you? You either go out and watch different movies every week that you've never seen before or stick to what you know. And you hit the nail on the head for me, and it is purely about rewatchability. I wouldn't put Schindler's List in the top 500 movies of all time because I'm never going to rewatch it. It's just depressing. Why would I want to be depressed when I can watch something like Big Trouble in Little China, which every time brings me joy? So rewatchability has probably the highest is the highest factor along with you know story acting and all that kind of jazz rewatchability ranks one of the highest factors for me yeah uh, and going back to you know my favorite movie of all time jaws i always used to say that jaws was a flawless movie you yeah. know considering all the problems they had with production and the the shark and all that sort of stuff yeah um i have since changed that opinion it's not flawless oh. because there are scenes that i've noticed where they're filming the boat going through water and the water's absolutely still and then the camera switches to the other side yeah. and the water's all over the place. So obviously it was okay. two different scenes filmed at two different times. What I would yep. say is that Jaws has faultless performances from you know, from everyone, even the woman in the thing who says that's not funny, that's not funny yep. at all. Yep. From her right through to everyone, it is a faultless performance. And because it was the very first film I ever saw at the movies right. on a big screen as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old or a I was, it blew my mind just yeah. how much it took you into that story. And of course, um, for the reasons that we said about the shark and everything, you were scared of something that you couldn't see because yep, exactly. John Williams's score became the shark. And oh, I think incredible. Obviously, there are personal reasons why everybody has their favourite film, um, and and that's mine for Jaws. But yes, rewatchability, like you said, I could sit and watch that movie for the rest of my yeah. life and be quite yeah. happy. Oh, incredible. I've literally, I've got, I'm no word of, I've got goosebumps right now. I have to watch Jaws after this. I'm supposed to be making pizzas for the family. They can make their own pizzas because I'm watching Jaws because I have literally, nothing more in my life is going to satisfy me after recording this podcast than watching Jaws right now. So what do we do now on the show? I can't remember. Uh, we'll talk um, about what we're going to do next week. Um, I think we're out of time. So we will see you next, wait a minute. Sorry, Booker T. Sorry, there's someone at the door. Sorry. Ah, uh, oh, Posty, what you got for me? All right, Bill, Bill, trading cards. Yeah, Posty, I've got, I'm into trading cards at the moment. We've got a lot of these coming, trading cards. What's that? You got another audition? You got an, oh, right. And you want to practice? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm more than willing to listen. But I'm always open ear for you, Posty. So hit me with your latest audition, please. Are you sure you're ready for this? Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and the prom queen. Okay, Posty. Um, very well. Oof, jeepers! You'll have to let me know how that one gets on. Um, all right. Uh, see you next week. Posty was just here, Booker T. I heard him. Uh, yeah. Um Is he moved north of the border? Is it a different postman? He sounded, uh, you know, from no, the Highlands. No, no, he's well, well, you've got a better ear than I have. Um, <laughs> on the lowlands. Uh, he, he, there was absolutely no lands in that impression. I didn't think. <laughs> um, so I think. I think he was—he had an audition on. I think he was attempting to do a particularly awful Sean Connery from The Rock. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Um, with Nicolas Cage, but I didn't get any twang of a scottish accent in that at all so i'm actually going to rate the posty as a five out of ten on that performance but do you think i was correct is that who he was doing uh i just am thankful that he didn't try to do nicholas cage <laughs> okay maybe that's next week oh. 
Um, but yeah, for it, anybody think... who, who is a fan of Nicolas Cage, go on YouTube and, and look at his appearance on the Wogan show when he first came okay. over to England. Right. Uh, do I don't know if I know anything about drugs, but I think he was on drugs that day. He was on all of them. Yeah. He comes out, does a cartwheel, and then starts throwing money at the audience. Wow. I'm going to go. And then and, does some karate and then sits down. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll look that up quickly before I watch yours. Yeah. Brilliant. A little, little appetizer. Um, I, I guarantee, listen, you should record yourself watching it because you will laugh all the way through it. It's okay. Nick Cage, Wogan. Watch it. Okay. All right. I'll Google that up. Um, Listen, I've had fun. Uh, hopefully Booker T's had fun. You, the listeners, have more than undoubtedly have fun listening to these couple of fools talk about movies for, for a good hour of your life. Well done for that. We are in all the usual places. It's gone, re- I think it's gone rewind on Twitter, gone with the rewind movies on Instagram. And I'll probably put up a Facebook post. Uh, Booker T can share all that jazz. So, yeah, hit us up. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, send us a question or a message, whatever. We, we'll always reply to that. But uh, until... I'll oh, make sure you watch your best in show for next week. But until next time, we've been gone with the Rewinders. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. See you later. See ya. See ya.